My message is it's going to be all right. That's what I just want to say. It's going to be all right. Don't worry. And um, Jesus says this, therefore do not worry, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear. But after all these things the Gentiles seek. But your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about his own things. Sufficient for the day is his own trouble. Amen. Unless he's brought to our hearts. So, talk to you a little bit about, so you're, you're not doing as bad as you thought you were. Things are you're better than you think. Sometimes when Jesus is saying, don't worry, you think, oh, something else will be wrong. Do you, you ever feel like when you go to church, they oh, something else will be wrong. We're going to talk about praying, we don't pray enough. Oh, I don't pray enough. You know, but you don't actually Jesus says, don't worry, oh, I'm not worrying. But it's actually the opposite. Jesus said, this is good news, you don't need to worry. I've got it covered. I've got it. So don't worry about anything, I'll tell you why, because your Heavenly Father's got this in place. So this is what, you don't have to worry about this sermon, it should make you feel good. It's alright, you're not going to go feeling worse, hopefully you're going to feel better, because this is uh, the Father speaking to us through the Son, just to say, I've got this. Because uh, <clears throat> we're not to worry the way the world, the world does. Because the world doesn't have a revelation of God. They don't, know, they, don't have a rev, they don't have a covenant with God. They don't have that, that confidence of knowing that God is in control. It doesn't say you don't worry. Because we all worry about something, don't we? And say, so don't worry the way the world do. I'll give you something to worry about in a minute, but don't worry the way the world do. Because, because you've got Father who's looking after. And you're actually worrying about things that aren't your... that you have to worry about. How many children do you think worry about the gas bill? I used to say that to my kids, so listen, you used to have this discussion. Listen now, I just want you to tidy your room. I don't want you to worry about where people get the gas bill, although, you know, uh, unless you bill, I know I'd like to switch the lights off. I used to be the old days, the phone bill. Okay, one, day, one day you'll have all these things, all these big bodies, so who's going to pay the mortgage, who's going to pay the council tax, who's going to pay for the food. You don't have to worry about that, you just have to keep that room tidy. That's all you have to do in all the world. I won't worry about all those things. And then when they got their own house, I remember being in the house of my youngest daughter, and she was the one. She won't see this, will she? She was the worst of all, because she was just went in the house. I'd never seen that advert on TV, but they, could, they open out a door in this house, everything's all over, and they say, Oh, you've been burgled. And they haven't. It's just the way he lives. Her room was like that. I used to do that to her. I said, Amy, we've been burgled. They've trashed the house, but thankfully, we must have scared them away because they've only trashed your room. It just, it just looked like that. And when I, she's got four kids now, and when her oldest one was getting old enough to drop things and not put, not put them back, and she said, leave on the floor down, that's what your daddy, that's what your mum used to do. Just leave, don't, don't start putting things away, just chuck your clothes on the floor. That's the way she used to be. And it changed, why? Because at different stages of your life, you worry about different things. Different people have different ministries, different gifts. And Jesus said, you don't have to worry because actually the things you're worried about aren't the things that are for you to provide. You've got a Heavenly Father who will do all these things. And it's almost like we're moving into a new phase. Coming out of COVID, coming into a new year, coming to a new time in the church. Well, we started in faith or in fear. Are we going to enter into 2022, into the new history of the church, full of faith or worried by, by fear. Because 
Faith and fear have got something in common. They both believe something that's not happened yet. Faith and fear both believe in something that's not happened yet. And therefore it's very important to ask who's saying, who's speaking. Where's the source of this thought coming from? There's some people that tell you something, you wouldn't believe them. It's just because they don't tell the truth. There's other people that have told you something, you would, you would totally believe what they say. So let's find out what the Father says. Because I suppose there are some people who are good at worrying. I don't put your hand up, because it's, it's, it has been videos. But you might be really good. I, I don't really worry. My wife is so good at worrying. I, I just leave it to her, because she is much better at worrying than I am. She's what I call a catastrophizer. Do you know what that means? She says, like, like, if I see I've got something heady, she says, you've got brain tumor, you'll be dead soon. What will I do? How will I look after the mortgage? How will I look after the house? Why is going to look after the children, the grandchildren? I think, well, I was thinking of being embarrassed actually. <laughs> I'm thinking, because I'm sort of the opposite way of a catastrophizer. I think, well, I don't think it's that bad. And I was, you know, they haven't said anything to them. But some people are just natural worriers. And then I heard some posts of ones that, in an office that said, um, if you can keep your head when all around are losing theirs, you just do not understand the situation. <laughs> and I find out with my wife, one of the things she loves most about me, many things as you can imagine, but one of the things she loves about me is I don't panic. I'm very good, you know. If anything goes wrong, okay, right, we'll sort that, that's fine. She really likes that, so we every panic, every big thing we have, I'm the rock in the family and beyond. But the one thing she really doesn't like about me is that I don't panic when there's something going wrong. Because she's always said, you've not taken it seriously. So man, just because I'm not throwing myself off tall buildings doesn't mean I'm not worried about it. I have a different way of internalizing. And you might have a different way. You might have somebody who worries a lot. You might not worry a little. Here, here another, I won't see this in a minute. There's a statistic quoted. She said that more than 90% of what you worry about never happens. Which proves worrying really works. <laughs> <laughs> but worrying lets me know where is whose voice am I listening to? If the fruit of thinking of believing something is to lead me into fear then that's probably not God who's doing that. If, if the voice leads me into faith, that's, that's probably God. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether it's good news or bad news, because even if I've had bad news, I've sort of thought it through and thought, I believe God will bring us through that. That brings me into a place of faith. But if you have bad news, it's, I believe we're all going to die. That's probably not God. And so it's actually, what is the fruit of this thought? Where does it take me? Because where it takes me tells you which path you're on. Sometimes you don't know where this road goes, but once you're on a couple of miles, you don't know where you're going. You see the destination. If the destination is taking you into fear, it's not God. Let it go. And we have to have His presence, because the Bible says that uh, you've got fear instead of faith. We don't want fear, we want faith. Now, one of the problems is that, uh, that there's two fathers in the Bible. There's the Bible called it, Jesus called Satan the father of lies. And then there's our Father who's in heaven. And we have to decide which Father's voice we're going to listen to. We are of our Father who is in heaven. Jesus told the Pharisees, you're your Father the devil, but we're not. You're of, this, of our Father who's in heaven. We have to hear his voice and we have to sort of deal with that whole thing of, of, of getting rid of 
of fear. Now I find sometimes in Christians we sort of think the opposite to, to fear is faith. But it's not. Give me a quick example. Now, some years ago I, I had cancer and they told me I might die. That was a fact. Uh, I had a one in three chance of not dying. And, and, and <clears throat> I like to say to you, I just thought, well, praise God, I'll be fine. I'll just have a miracle. It did worry me. It did worry me. I tried not to. And people were very kind. They sent me pieces of paper, um, like A4 size. Let me see if I can see A4. Like, a bit like this. And it was typed. And down here were lists of scripture references. And down here were another list of scripture references. Not, not the scriptures, just the references. And it said in the bottom, spiritual prescriptions, stop spiritual prescription, down the bottom, read three times per day and God will heal you. I got 12 of those, 12 different ones. And I came in and said, don't tell the Lord I said this. I said, I think I'd rather die than have to read all these. So, 12 times a day. I don't know which one to skip. I just don't know. It's always like, have faith, have faith, have faith. But let me tell you, nowhere in the Bible does it say that perfect faith casts out fear. Nowhere. What the Bible says is that perfect love casts out fear. The opposite to fear is knowing that you're loved and you're protected by Heavenly Father. And it's not, so it's not anything you have to do. Getting rid of fear is not, it's my fault, I'm full of fear. It's not your fault. It's the provisions already in place. You need a revelation that actually you have a Heavenly Father who's looking after you. And when you know that the Heavenly Father's looking after you, you're not afraid anymore. Just He's big. He knows everything. He holds everything in place. And He protects you. Because sometimes you think the battle is in the mind. You know, I, I need to teach myself to think differently. But actually, look what it says in Proverbs 23. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's not interesting. Where do you think? I mean, I don't know. I sort of think, I think, in my brain. I'm actually fairly certain my thinking goes on in my brain. But the Bible says, as you think in your heart, there's something different about this sort of thinking. This thinking is to do with your spirit. This is to do with how your heart feels. And I have to, maybe I have to think about what I think about. Maybe I've been more careful what I let into my spirit. Because if, I, if, I, if, I, if I'm in his presence, the Bible says, in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy in his right hand and blessings forevermore. So if I'm in his presence, his, his presence brings his peace, his love, joy, peace, all those things grow if I'm in his presence. So the way to deal with fear isn't, isn't just by reading scripture, it's good to read scripture, it's great to memorize scripture, but the thing that sets you free from fear is letting your heart be filled with the love of God. That's why we, the Bible talks about the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. So we're praying, Lord, let your Holy Spirit come and fill me, fill me. Jesus said to us that um, don't go chasing the same things the world does. Don't just worry about things. Because eating, drinking, and wearing, they're, they're the basic things of life, aren't they? There are things special. So he's not saying, don't worry about if you're going to be a millionaire. It's, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Because your Heavenly Father knows you beneath those things. <laughs> don't worry the way the world does. It's almost like, have you heard that phrase where people say, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die? 
Paul talks about that, but it's not true. Because you eat, drink, and be merry tomorrow you die. Because, because tomorrow we're overweight with a head, a headache, a hangover. I've got a hangover, but it barely hangs over my trousers, but I'll leave that behind. And it's amazing what people will worry about and, 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 and do for things. And I, I nearly, I'm not very politically correct. They're going to say some ladies, but don't get upset at me. There's a mystery. I've got a wife, two daughters, and five granddaughters. And I still don't understand women. <laughs> and let me give you an example. Forgive me if this is offensive. I don't think it is, but just understand. If I want a pair of shoes, I just walk in and try and the maps of size 10, like these, thank you very much, go home. So my wife goes, she says, she goes shopping for a pair of shoes, takes a lot longer and a lot more money, that's all I'm saying. And you see her walking like this. I said, Mandy, have you hurt yourself? No, no, I'm fine. What's wrong? So I've got new shoes on. So you've got an elastoplast on your heel. What's wrong? She says, just new shoes, the rubber, take them back. Get up here to fix you. No, 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 no. Why would you buy a pair of shoes? Sorry. See, you don't have an answer, do you? Why would you buy a pair of shoes? Why would you spend all that money for something that's uncomfortable? Why would my daughters buy a dress that's too small for them and they have to fast for two weeks so they can wear it? Why would you do I don't do that. As I say, I don't pretend to understand. I'll just present you the, the worries that I have. I see, the God, He just wants you to have those things. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to have nice clothes. He wants you to have food in, on your table. He wants you to, to have a drink on the table. He wants you to have all those things. But what he's saying is get that sense of proportion so, so you can actually measure a need against your big priority. There's nothing wrong with these things, but sometimes they become, we just, we just need one. We just, we just need one. I don't know if maybe it's through my age, but I... I remember different Christmases when I had to get presents, selling Christmas gifts for my children, and some of you might be old enough to remember things like golf furbies. I remember, I remember queuing for four hours to get furbies and get right in the queue until they sold the last one. I think, oh no, I was in another shop. And different things because my kids needed one. They needed one. Three weeks after Christmas, they were broken and they weren't playing with them anymore. I think I, I, I was for hours waiting for those things. And that's, it. that's because it's the need of the moment rather than the need of your life. And it becomes, I, I can't live without that. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You need to prioritize your things. And so, but then, and if you forget everything else to say, here's the nub of it let faith prioritize your priorities. Let faith prioritize your priorities. We all have priorities. We have a limited amount of time, a limited amount of money. Let faith be one that prioritizes it. Don't fear. Not anything else, but let faith prioritize it. Then Jesus goes on to say, it's almost like, if you want to worry about something, worry about the kingdom. He said, don't worry about that. I don't think it's the same as somebody called it, like when your mother would say, if you don't stop crying, I'll give you something to cry about. It's not that. It's, it's, it's him saying, I know what you're like, you people. I know what a human being is. Like Jesus' new book was in the heart of man. You, you want to worry about something. You want to be concerned about something. So why don't you fill your mind and your heart will be concerned with something good. Because the, the truth is, when Nehemiah, when they asked him to come down and then would trap him, he said, I'm too busy doing the kingdom business. If I, if I just fill my mind, my heart, with, with, with seeking first the kingdom, I won't have time to worry about all these other things. Somebody else is going to have to do that. 
said, let, let, let somebody else worry about that. Do seek the kingdom. Because since you must worry about something, worry about seeking first the kingdom of God. And what, and what is the kingdom? More quickly, it's, the kingdom is where the king rules. And today it's quite obvious, we live in an island, so it's easy to see where, where Britain ends and the, the North Sea begins. But if you, on the continents, you can go from one country to another and not, not know it. The, 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 in Jesus' time, there was no passport control. And the way you know which country you were in, you might say to somebody in a village, so who, who do you recognise as king? And they tell you, whoever they recognise as king, that's whose kingdom you lived in. And that's that, so whoever you recognise as king, that's the kingdom you live in. You can say you're a Christian, but if you don't recognise Jesus as king, you're not living in the kingdom. And that's why the Bible never says believe in Jesus and you'll be saved. It doesn't say that. The Bible says believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And so it's known him as king, Lord, that's where salvation leads to. So who, which king rules in my life? Which king rules in your life? That's the biggest question. And how do we seek the kingdom of God? I guess it's a bit like, like these other three things. Earnestly, every day, habitually. Um, this might come as a surprise, but I do eat every day. Just, you know, every day I eat, except the days of fasting. But even the days of fasting, I drink. And, and, I, and I wear clothes. So the things that they're talking about, they were day-to-day -day things. And Jesus said, you, you need to seek the kingdom habitually. You need to learn good habits. They say that it takes 90 days to make a habit. And I think, um, certainly over the last two years, we've all got a few habits, which I wonder how long it will take to disappear. How long do you think it will be before when you go out, after COVID's over, after all these restrictions are taken over, you'll stick your hand in the pocket and you think, where's that from? I've got, I've got a mask everywhere. Every jacket, every handbag, ladies, maybe, maybe men, I don't know, you're fine. What's that? In your car, you're in your glove compartment, it's that half use pack, pack of, 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 of face mask. Because two and a half years ago, I never checked my pockets to see if I had a face mask before I went out. Never. I never got now without one. So I have put a new habit in. Some habits need to be left behind. Some habits you need to leave and get something new. We have to prioritise the things that we ask for. for. For example, if you take the Lord's Prayer, the, sorry, I'm trying to be short, I'm not very good at being short, I'm six foot three. But what things, when Jesus taught us how to pray, if you're not Bible studying your own, look at this. Jesus actually said to the disciples, when you're on your own, by yourself, Go into your closet and lock the door. So actually, you're picking something up, when you're on your own, by yourself, in the closet, lock your door, you'll be disturbed, then pray. On your own, locked in a room, but you can't be disturbed by yourself. The words, first words you to pray are, Our Father, who art in heaven. Now, you don't need to be a language expert to know that when it's just you, you don't say, Our Father, you, you say, My Father. Jesus said, oh, when you're alone, even when you're alone, I never want you to forget you belong to the body of Christ. It is possible to say, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Well, maybe, maybe or maybe not. And, and sometimes extreme circumstances might prove it. But it's not normal. 
And Jesus is saying, even if you find yourself on your own, when you pray, don't forget you're part of the body of Christ. That's why we all want to end up coming back to church and being with each other, because you can do online on your own. It's sort of all right, but we're missing something because it's not what we were intended for. We're intended to be here together with fellowship. Our priority is to give praise to God when we pray. And it's, and it's so, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then it's give me, give me, give me, give me. Give us the of the bread, but give us up because you're allowed as well. But you see what's happened? The priority is putting first the kingdom, then these things are added to you. So you don't have to worry. God's never ceased to provide for our practical needs. He just He just puts them in the right list of priority, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because we haven't got any righteousness. Now, our righteousness is like filthy rights. There's nothing to boast of. But his righteousness is perfect. And that's why when you become a Christian, he puts on us a robe of righteousness. If you, you can never afford one of these. In fact, you can't buy them. Not even Amazon can buy you a robe of righteousness. Nobody can deliver it. Jesus has delivered that for us. That robe of righteousness. And then finally, just to say, he says, and all these things will be added to you. Choice isn't God or all these things. The choice is where the source is. The choice is I'll seek first His kingdom, and as I seek His kingdom, if I prioritise my relationship with Him, He will make certain of these things that are to me. So I don't do this in order to get this. I do this seeking first the kingdom because that's what He's called me to do, and He's promised to do something else. So almost I'm saying. There's a lot of change happening. Some of the ancient borders and markers will disappear. But you don't have to worry. It's almost like the father saying, I've got this. I've got this. Just you keep seeking the kingdom. And I'll add all these other things. Don't be afraid. Father's here. Amen. Let me pray. Say, Father, thank you. You promised. Jesus promised you'd never leave. Not forsake us. And we thank you for bringing forth the kingdom of God through him. I pray that we might seek first your kingdom. I pray for the churches here that Norwich has become united together. We'll be a great force for the kingdom of God. We can see great things happen together. And we choose not to let fear grow, but let faith overcome. We lean back into your arms and know your love. And as we know that we're loved and protected by you, then fear must go. And faith must flourish. So help us be that people filled with your love and overflowed with your faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you.